All right, we're rolling. Too good. How are you, Stewie? Yeah, not bad, mate. How was your job this morning? Uh, yeah, a little bit sad, actually. Oh. So, um, got called out this morning for a lady who lost one of her fur babies Shit. overnight. So, yeah, we get a few few calls like that each and every season. I feel like that dogs are one of those things that don't really know how to be safe around snakes. But in saying that, I don't think people know how to keep their dogs safe around snakes at the same time. Yeah, correct. Would you have recommendations for people who have dogs, just say, and they're living towards... So my area, I have like a nature reserve around my area. Yep. So whenever I walk my dog, especially in summertime, I am pretty cautious. But there are a lot of people who don't really take that into consideration. No, a lot of people don't know that snakes even exist around their area. They think they're in the bush, so... What would your recommendations be for people who are living in, let's just say, my type of area? It's suburban, but it's still kind of got those nature reserves. Coastal, or, coastal fringe, yeah. or, you know, ed, the fringe of the edge. Look, um, people get complacent. They don't realise that snakes are everywhere, even in the CBD. I've had many calls over the seasons for snakes in the CBD, snakes on beaches. I've had snakes on roofs in high-rise buildings in the city so they are everywhere snakes are more scared of us than we are of them and a lot of the time they see us before we see them so that's why we don't see them but on the other occasion that um you know you do come across them people people are terrified they don't know what to do so with snakes i've got a really innate fear of snakes i'm terrified of snakes which is it's not uh, a misunderstood fear. I think it's a quite rational fear, but at the same time, if you've got a fear of snakes, you can behave quite irrationally, especially yep. when you're around them. Absolutely. Um, a perfect story of mine when I was a kid. So my uh, auntie, she used to have a um, carpet snake. I don't know if yep. that's the carpet actual... Carpet python, yep. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was probably only about eight years old, but as soon as I, as soon as I saw it, I ran, right? But... I don't know if that is the correct reaction. Oh, it, it's a household snake. It's in, it was behind a glass tank. So fair yep. enough. But if you're in the wild, what is the correct reaction around a snake? So if you're in the wild, I mean, if you're out in nature, enjoying the rate, enjoying nature and you come across a snake. Okay. Can you get a bit closer? Yep. So snakes are, um, snakes have a very poor eyesight and they react to movement. So if you move, um, any sudden movement is going to react, that make the snake react. So the best thing to do is to remain calm and just slowly move away from the snake. Once that snake feels safe enough, it's going to disappear in the opposite direction. So a quick reaction around a snake is a very poor judgment. Yeah, so snakes, snakes see in two-dimensional, not three-dimensional like us. So, um, you know, put yourself in the snake's shoes laying flat on the ground, looking up. So if you lay on your back and look up, okay, you've got the, the sky. It's a blank canvas. So any object that sort of walks over you is going to look like a giant. And that's where they perceive us as a threat because, you know, a giant's about to step on them, kill them, eat them. So that's that's one way of looking at it to just basically dull it down a bit so we can understand it. What got you into snakes? Um, 
Curiosity. I loved I loved all sort of reptiles growing up and I was never allowed to keep a snake at home when I was a kid. My mum has a fear of them, or had a fear of them, I should say. Um, and she told me, you can get a snake when I moved out. So when I moved out of home, I uh, went to a pet shop and bought my first snake. And the pet shop owner was a snake catcher, and he'd received a call while I was there, and I tagged along, and from that day on, I was hooked. Can snakes be domesticated, though? Uh, oh, look, I've got, I've got snakes at home that you know that are like puppy dogs. They see you, they come out of their enclosure, you know, they crawl over you, and yeah, I suppose they can a little bit. Because when I think of domestication, I think of a dog. The, the first thing that comes off my head: it, you can play with a dog, you can pet a dog. The, the dog shows signs of affection. Uh, I'm no snake expert, so I wouldn't know what that looks like, even if a snake could. Um, do they, from your perspective, you've been around snakes for quite some time? Um, look, they can domesticate a little bit. I mean, you can domesticate anything to a certain point. I mean, I visited Australia Zoo earlier this year and they had cormorants obeying tricks. They had um, they had birds of prey free flying around the, around the zoo. So, you know, I suppose you can train and domesticate anything. I look at it this way. I've got snakes in my enclosures at home that are always out when I'm in the enclosure, uh, when I'm in the shed. Um, if somebody different walks into that shed, they all disappear. They all go and hide. So they can get used to you, and yeah, I suppose they can get domesticated a little bit. So what makes them bite? Fear. Fear. Yep. A snake's a snake does not want to bite. Okay, the snake will only bite as a last resort. You know, so if you startle the snake, the snake will react. Um, now, if you get too close, it'll bite. A lot of the times, it's a dry bite and a warning bite. But if the if the threat persists, the only defense mechanism the snake has got is to bite. So dry bite, is that a venomless bite? That's a venomless bite. Now, each year in Australia, we have around 3,000 bites from snakes. Out of those 3,000 bites, only about 300 are actually envenomations. And out of those 300, only about one to two people a year die from snake bite. And usually that's because they're in remote areas. So snakes actually have a choice whether they want to inject you with their venom or not. Yeah, so venom, it's, venom's not an endless supply, okay? Um once they use their venom, they need to regenerate their venom. So they use their venom, and this is where a lot of people sort of don't understand. So um, when you eat, us humans and dogs and that, we chew our food, okay, and then we have stomach acids that actually break down the food and pass it through our body. Now, snakes actually swallow their prey whole. So you can imagine a snake eating a rat or a mouse um, it's got fur, it's got bones, it's got muscle tissue and everything. So the venom that's actually injected helps break down those food items to pass through the snake. Okay, so the, the venom, each snake has venom that works different ways. Uh, it'll break down muscle tissue, blood cells, you know, skin, everything. So it's just unfortunate that we are made up of the same stuff that the snake's prey is made up of and the venom has that effect. Have you ever been bit yourself? 
I've been bitten once. Um, I've been bitten once on the job. Um, it was a dry bite, thankfully, uh, but took all the precautions, called an ambulance, bandaged up my arm, and off I went to hospital for 12 hours to annoy the nurses. <laughs> Uh, what do you think of people building up a tolerance to snake venom? There are people out there who will constantly inject themselves with snake venom, then do their anti-venom, and to kind of build a tolerance. Is that an actual thing? Oh, I've heard a few stories. Um, I wouldn't do it myself. I don't think it works because, you know, these people are crazy. I think there the cons way outweigh the pros. I mean, absolutely. if you're injecting yourself with snake venom, let's just say someone does it the first time around. Um, knowing uh, what kind of snake venom you're using or snake antivenom you're using, I should say, to go along with the snake venom, it's a big risk to take. Yeah, that's, that's, the, um, that's the thing. See, so each snake has different venom. Okay, so... A brown snake, you know, for example, if you're bitten by an eastern brown snake and you have black snake venom, well, it's going to react differently to to the thing. You know, venoms treat different snake bites. Different venoms treat different snake bites. So there's no point if you're bitten by a tiger snake, there's no point getting, you know, venom to treat an eastern brown bite because it just won't work. And a lot of the things is too, a lot of things people don't understand. So venom, um, anti-venom is made from horse blood. Okay, so when when they make the venom, the venom is injected into a horse. Okay, it goes through their system. Then they take the blood out of the horse and they extract the white blood cells from that. And that's how anti-venom is made. So... When you require antivenom at the hospital, you're actually being injected with horse blood, okay? And it is quite dangerous, probably more dangerous than the actual bite itself. A lot of people have allergic reactions. Yeah, I'm surprised there's no uh, blood diseases coming along with that. Um, That seems really unethical towards the horse and... Well, horses have a huge tolerance to the venom. That's why they use horses. Mm. Yeah. and obviously it works because they, uh, you know, it does save lives. Well, I mean, if you're injecting someone with snake venom without them, without telling them that it's horse blood, I mean, look, they'll probably take it anyway just because it's the only treatment you've got. It's either that or death. Yep. But, but they don't tell you that it's horse blood and then you get an infection or some sort of blood disease, if, if it's possible, which it looks like it is. Um, they're not going to tell you, oh, yeah, you've probably got an infection because we injected you with horse blood. Uh, I, I'm not sure. I haven't been in the process. So I don't know whether they tell you or not. But um, look, I mean, every hospital or most hospitals stock it, so it must be safe enough to use. And obviously, like you said, there's no other choice. Um, so, you know, it is it is what it is, I suppose. You either lump it or die you use it or die pretty much what's your protocol for dealing with a snake bite uh so apply first aid call an ambulance pretty much that's all you can do what about Uh, what about sorry what about when dealing with a dog what do you mean so um obviously if a dog gets bitten um so yeah straight to the vet as soon as possible you know like everything the venom takes time to react 
If you suspect that your dog's been bitten, you take it straight to the vet. If you suspect that you've been bitten, you call an ambulance immediately. Don't drive yourself to the hospital. Can you tourniquet a bite? Uh, no, tourniquet is a big no-no. Um, the best the, or the only real thing to do is pressure immobilization bandage. Okay. Okay, so when, you, when, you, when you're bitten by a snake, okay, uh, the venom is injected under your skin into your lymph, in, into your lymph nodes, okay? Um, now, your lymph nodes are sort of just underneath your, the layer of your skin. Um, snakes have only got very small fangs. About four to six mil is the average size of a Australian a leopard snake's fang, um, adult snake fang. Um, when, you, when you're injected, okay, when a snake bites you, that venom is injected into your lymph nodes. And every time you move a muscle in your, in your body, okay, you have a liquid called lymph that runs through those lymph nodes. Now, this is why we tell people you need to remain calm and as still as possible because every time you move a muscle, that lymph starts moving through your body. Now, the lymph is containing the venom and the more you move around, the quicker it spreads around your body. So what we, uh, or what the recommendation is for snake bite is to remain calm I know it's hard easier said than done but remain calm sit down try to move as little as possible and to actually bandage the the limb that's been bitten from tip to tip so from like if you most most bites happen on the ankles or the hands you know um so if you're bitten on the hand um Start on the start at the hand and all the way up to under your shoulder, um, leaving the tips of your fingers exposed. Um, it's a good idea to note down what time the bandage went on and to mark the bite site. Don't wash the bite site. Don't try to cut it open, suck the venom out. Just bandage it, call an ambulance and wait for them to come. Have you ever come across a situation that was really do or die at, right at that moment? So someone's been bit. It was a really bad bite. So you mentioned a brown snake. We do have those as a pretty common. Yep. Um, and they are very venomous. Uh, what that I know of, I'm not a snake expert. Um, well, they're the second most venomous snake on the planet. So yeah, they are quite venomous. Yeah. So coming across a bite like that, you obviously don't have a lot of time. Oh, look, if everybody's different, okay, if you have underlying medical issues, then obviously you're a little bit more susceptible to the venom than somebody that's not or that's somebody that's quite healthy uh, generally speaking you have probably half an hour um, before you start you know really feeling the effects but everybody's different like I said um, there was a catcher a local catcher friend of mine that was bitten a couple of days ago um, he knew he was bitten he got he got tagged on the thumb I think it was um, while he was trying to remove the snake it got him he was envenomated so he stayed in hospital for 24 hours he was given anti-venom sent home the next day he was good as gold you know um so the the thing is just remain calm you know you need to remain calm the more you move around the more the venom spreads so usually it takes about half an hour to start to feel the effects so in australia usually okay unless there's a code red you can get an ambulance to you pretty quickly um with the application of a bandage, of a pressure immobilization bandage technique, if correctly fitted, you can prolong the effects of snake bite for up to eight hours. Wow. Wow. So 
you own snakes now, right? Yes. What snakes do you have? Uh, I breed tiger snakes at home. <laughs> I've got about 14 or 15 tiger snakes at home, plus a, <laughs> you know, a couple of gravid females. So by the end of, say, in, within the next month, I could have up to 60 tiger snakes at my house. Holy shit. Okay. Um, I've got a red belly black snake, and I've also got a saltwater crocodile in my garage. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Some um, people have dogs and birds yeah, and cats. You have I have snakes and crocodiles. So And dogs and cats as well. Well, I don't have a cat anymore, but uh, I've got three dogs at home. So are you familiar with crocodiles? Yeah. What? Um, having a crocodile as a pet, What? How, how does that work? Now, crocodile, I've seen a video of a guy who swam with a crocodile and it seemed to be his friend but I'm kind of seeing that as well he, he's alright with you right now until he gets hungry correct correct yeah look I mean I don't go swimming with my crocodile yeah I do go in the enclosure with it and the crocodile so I've had the crocodile from a very young age and we used to do reptile parties and educational <laughs> parties and the crocodile was a big hit used Whoa. to get it out, tape its, tape its mouth shut, obviously, for safety. Yeah. And all the kids used to hold the croc, and they still do. I still get him out every now and again, and the kids hold him. How He's big? quite calm. How big is it? He's about a metre long now. Oh, Jesus. Give or take. Is he your first crocodile you've had? No. Um, I've had probably three or four. He's the first saltwater crocodile that I've had. Okay. I started off, I had two or three freshwater crocodiles. Yeah. Um, they grow a little bit smaller mm-hmm. and a lot slower. Mm-hmm. Um, but still they faster also, than us. What's that? Still faster than us. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're very quick. They're very quick. And you've got to have your wits about you mm-hmm. when you go in there. Um, obviously, he's in a locked enclosure, so I'm the only one with the key that can get in and out. How big did they grow? I mean, did they? Did you eventually let them go into the wild? No, they got no. To a so, length, or? Um, so I sold two of them, and one of them unfortunately passed away, had a brain hemorrhage and, and passed away, which is... Uh, sorry, brain aneurysm, um, which is apparently quite common in freshwater crocodiles. So I had no idea about it, but um, I moved a couple on because just ran out of space and they weren't getting utilised for the business. How big did they get? Uh, they were they were only small. They're only about fifty centimeters, fifty, 50. to sixty centimeters long. Oh right, that's actually so, it's not that big, but they could still do. Oh, some they still got very sharp yeah, teeth. They still very much yeah. do some damage. So. This saltwater croc you've got now, what's what's an estimated length that they can get? Six, seven metres. Jesus. <laughs> um, I don't know whether you've been to the Ballarat Wildlife Park. No, I've been to, um, there's, I can't remember if it's the aquarium here. It might yep. be. they got a crocodile in there. You can kind of walk up on top yeah, of this platform. Yeah, I, th- I think so. I, I'm not sure. I haven't been there for a while, but I know Ballarat Wildlife Park have a six, six metre croc there, saltwater croc, crunch. I crunch. <laughs> um, I heard this story. This was a story from years ago. There was a guy. Um, it was at the top of Australia. He was walking home with his dog, and uh, he was walking home from work. Uh, I don't know why he had his dog at work, but anyway, uh, he hey, was I, walk- ta- I take my dog to work with me. Well, sometimes, yeah. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> Just because of your job, I don't even know what to say to that. Well, um, he was walking home and uh, he got grabbed by a croc. Yep. And um, tried to drag him into the water. He managed to grab onto these tree roots and 
basically it started doing the death roll on his on one of his legs uh, shattered his leg but it still had a hold of him but he was, he was holding I couldn't imagine the adrenaline that was going through oh, his absolutely. head at the time and the fear yeah and his answer for that was to try and throw his dog at it right um, but the funny thing was when he threw his dog at it the dog just landed on top of its back the croc didn't have any wherewithal with it it didn't care it just wanted him um, he eventually got away because some mates came they started throwing some stuff at it anyway um, he ended up healing up but both his legs were shattered uh, and then he ended up getting invited to this zoo he didn't know why and then when he got there he found out that the crocodile that bit him was in that zoo oh wow <laughs> <laughs> but just the, it's the a bit I- of the Peter Pan story there with yeah, Hook you know yeah like- just the idea <laughs> of owning a crocodile and then hearing stories like that I can't oh look this is this is where the misconception of um, the world's deadliest animals actually comes in so we are taught from a very young age to fear snakes okay uh, even the Bible has the snake as being the evil part in the story okay snakes aren't that bad okay they play a vital role in the ecosystem Um you know, one one snake can control up to about ten thousand rodents per year. Oh. Okay. So, could you imagine if we started killing all these snakes out of fear? What would actually happen? Yeah, it'd be overrun with rats and yeah. mice. And rats cause spread diseases. They cause house fires. You know, they eat a shitload of, you know, crops and grains and that. So, you know, snakes actually play their part. Now, in Australia. Uh, there was a study that was undertaken to find out actually um, over a 10-year period how many deaths related to different animals. Now, surprisingly, everybody thought snakes and crocodiles and everything would be right up the top. The most deaths caused by Australian animals or animals in Australia was horses at number one. Oh, Horse-related horse deaths. Yep. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, cows at number two. Cows. Yep. Cows at number two killed more people in a 10-year period than any other animal. Um, there was... How do you get killed by a cow? Well, cows are nasty. Let me just see. I think I've got it on my phone. So give me two seconds. I'll see if I can find the, the stats while we're, while we're chatting. No, you're right. Keep going. Um, um, I uh, had another experience with a snake. This I was probably around about 11 um, just while I go through your phone, I'll tell this story. No, I don't have it. I um, I was at the zoo and I was with my mum. And uh, this was meant to be, I don't know what the enclosure was meant to be that we were looking into. A lot of grass, um, very high. And my mum turns to me and she says, uh, this was at the open range zoo, by the way. She says to me, don't move. In Werribee? Yeah. Yep. She says, don't move. And I'm looking at her. It's looking at me with open eyes. <laughs> And I look down, and there's a little green snake crawling over my shoe. And my, in Werribee? Yeah. Green snake? Yeah. Okay. Now, I wanted to run. That was my first. Because it was on me, I just froze. froze. I froze. Best and thing it, you could have done. And it just moved on. Yeah. It's, it's it's weird that you say a little green snake, because we don't have green snakes in Victoria. So I remember it being green. Could have been another color. Yeah, As I said, I would most have been likely, like 10 or 11. Most likely yeah. a tiger snake. Yeah. Okay, they can look greenish in color. They they vary in color hmm. dramatically from, you know, one postcode to another. 
the colors change dramatically. Um, Werribee Zoo, Werribee Zoo. Um, I went down there. I'm a member at the zoo, and we, you know, living in Werribee, we frequent the zoo quite regularly. And I've even been called into the zoo to catch snakes out of the zoo enclosures. So, you know, they have their own catches, but every now and again, both those cat, they've got two catches. They try to alternate them, so one's always on. And one day they happen to be both off, so we get the call. You know, being local, I get the call and say, if there's an issue, can you get here? So we go down there. I've been in the monkey enclosure at the zoo catching a snake. I've been in the lion enclosure catching a snake. Holy shit. You know, obviously the animals are locked up. Mm. But, um, yeah, they the zoo actually lost one of their servals, I think it was, from a snake bite. How do the snakes get into these other enclosures? Is it just... um... Uh, Snakes, you know, the the enclosures are pretty pretty naturally, you know, pretty natural and the, the... a snake doesn't need a lot of room to get in. Mm. Yeah, well, they don't have bones, don't they? Or do they? Oh, they have um, they have like vertebra, but mm. they can squeeze through. Okay. So it's like um, like uh, cartilage that oh, they have. Okay. Yeah. Um. So being a snake catcher, is there some sort of now? I, I want to ask: Have you ever dealt with? A snake catcher that's died from a bite let's just say they've gone out on a job and they've gotten bit no i haven't personally but you know there would be catchers out there i've um i know a lot of snake catchers obviously we all you know sort of know of each other and a lot of us are pretty close i do know a few that have been you know envenomated on on jobs and it's a risk that we take you know we take the risk so you guys don't have to um i've been pretty lucky i've only been bitten sort of once um in 13 years and i relocate probably i i attend probably 800 calls a year Mm. so just goes to show you how dangerous these snakes really are but you know it's like everything we are that we are at the highest risk of being bitten because we're interfering with the snake Mm. and if anyone's antagonizing it it's you absolutely yeah yeah Snake's always trying to get away from us and we're trying to stop it and catch it, you know, grab it by the tail. So we are pretty mm. much, yeah, we have the most dangerous job. And the fear of snakes, I think that uh, comes back to probably evolution, really. I mean, go further back down the chain. We yep. had really nowhere to hide and we'll sleep. We're pretty much sleeping on the ground. And, yep. you know, we're warm. Snake's going to see us. And if we're near their sort of i don't know their nest i guess they're gonna bite us oh look not not necessarily not necessarily i mean like i said snake doesn't want to bite anything that it can't eat okay so we're too big for it to eat um now i've been fishing with the kids down at the murray um down on the murray and sitting on the ground and a snake's crawled over crawled right between us you know the kids know i just tell the kids don't move don't make any sudden movements Snake does not want anything to do with us. Goes down to the water, has a drink, comes straight back up the same way it came through, straight in between the kids and I. You know, we just sit there and watch it. It's, they're just beautiful creatures, just misunderstood. That's all. Mm. A lot of people, when they go camping, if a snake crawls through their campsite, the first things to do is to start throwing stuff at it. Yeah, or grab, get the shovel. Grab the shovel, try and kill it. You know, so it's illegal to kill snakes. 
It okay, is. it is illegal to kill snakes in Australia. They are a native animal, mm. and you can go to jail if you're convicted and massive fines. Um, and it's not only illegal, but it's also dangerous. If you leave a snake alone, the snake's going to disappear. It wants nothing to do with you. I know I keep repeating myself, but the snake is more scared of us than we are of it. The mm. second you start um, attacking it with a shovel, that snake is perceive you as a threat, and that's when you'll get bitten. So I get asked a lot, oh, are snakes aggressive? The answer is no, they are defensive. I mean, if you walked up to me in a pub and pushed me, I'm going to push back. But if you come up and said hello, nothing's going to happen. But, you know, you throw a punch, I'm going to throw one back. It's exactly the same with the snake. Snake will leave you alone. It's more scared of you than you are of it. It'll leave you alone. The second you start antagonizing it, it's going to fight back. So if killing snakes are illegal, is there any self-defense protocol against the snake? Yeah, just move away. What I mean by that is, um, let's just say you didn't intentionally antagonize the snake. It's just an accidental thing and it has tried to bite you. Could, Could you, in that case, try and kill it then if it keeps trying to come at you? Well, I mean, how can you even prove that that happened? Yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, snakes won't come continuously come at you. I get told if I had a dollar for every time I heard, oh, snakes chased me or whatever, I'd be a millionaire because I hear it every day. Now, what people don't understand is a snake's defense mechanism makes it appear like it wants to chase you, okay? it'll Different snakes have different, you know, defense, defensive postures, But the eastern brown, okay, for example, it stands up about two-thirds of its body, okay? It'll stand up and its neck will be in like an S, okay? And it'll sit there with its mouth open. The thing is, you know, it will lunge towards you and then the second that you move back, it'll take off in the first place it can hide. Shit. Okay, so... Hmm. If it's sitting there with its body in an S position and its mouth is open, you're simply too close. So just move back, take a couple of steps back. The second you make yourself safe and that snake feels safe, it's going to disappear in the opposite direction. So in whatever direction its head's facing, you obviously want to move the opposite just away from it. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. You don't mm. want to stand over it and go the other way. Mm. Um, but if you are cornered okay just stand still if you stand still the snake's not going to perceive you as a threat if you are cornered could there be a circumstance where the snake said well if i bite this guy and run then you know situation's over because how can they perceive me as a threat if i'm just standing still maybe I'm just biding my time, waiting to strike, waiting for it to move. So yeah, could there well, be... you'd have to probably have to ask the snake that because yeah, I couldn't yeah. answer for the snake's <laughs> behalf. But um, oh, look, I mean, accidents happen a lot. Seventy-five or eighty-five percent of bites that occur are people trying to kill or catch the snake. The other fifteen to twenty percent are accidentally standing on it. You know, Think gardening, just accidents. And, I mean, you can't stop accidents. Accidents happen everywhere with every industry. But all I can tell you is the facts state that if you stand still, move back slowly, the snake will disappear. And I can tell you that from experience. 
I don't know how many times I've been to jobs and the snake is cornered, you know, and the second that the person moves away from the job to allow me to get in, the snake makes a run for it. Have, have you come to a job where an individual's killed the snake? Oh, we get them all the time. What is the protocol for that? Do you have to report it to the authorities? Technically, yes. A lot of the time it's accidental. Like We get called out to a lot of building sites, um, building sites where they're and excavators put a bucket into some rocks or whatever and squash the snake. They still call us out. Um, we still go out and remove the snake. A lot of the time it has to be euthanized. Um, usually if somebody kills a snake, they're not calling us. Um, but yeah, we do come across a lot of injured snakes or dead snakes on the job. Dogs. I did one the other day where two dogs were playing tug of war with a snake. You know, Jeez. the lady, the uh, the homeowner went out and seen them. She screamed. The dogs dropped the uh, snake. The snake was still alive. So they called me out. We went out. I caught it, took it to the vet. The vet euthanized it. The dogs ended up in the vet as well. Uh, I, I actually didn't hear back whether they were all right. They looked all right because it had happened at, at least an hour beforehand. Um, so, you know, we come across it all the time. We get phone calls where... You know, people ring us and say, oh, you know, does it cost money to relocate a snake? Yes, it does. Oh, don't worry, I'll just kill it. And then they hang up. You know, hmm. it's a business. We, um, you know, we have bills to pay. We have families to look after. We put our lives on the line to rescue these snakes and to keep the community safe. So people don't understand that, you know, yes, there is a fee. Hmm. They think that they didn't ask for the snake to come into their property. So it should be done for free. Yeah, I was actually going to ask how that worked. I wasn't sure if there was a um, government-funded job or if the individual... Um, some councils have a free service. Mm -hmm. Some councils don't. Um, pretty much, you know, even if the if the council has a free service, um, people are still paying for that in their rates. If they use the service, their rates go up mm. the following year. So You should do crocodile as well. <laughs> yeah, well, I tell you, if... Um, if we had crocodiles down here, I probably would. <laughs> I um, I've never had to deal with a cro yeah, I've never had to deal with a crocodile. Thankfully, um, I've only had to deal with two snakes in my life, uh, and I think that's enough for me. As I said, I've got a a fear of snakes. Um, maybe one day I'll come over it, but then again, I think maybe my fear will keep me safe at the you same know, time. I'll tell you a story. Uh, when I first met my wife, um. She couldn't even walk into a pet shop that had snakes. She had such a fear of snakes. Okay, fast forward 17 years, and now she works with me and catches snakes as well. How are your kids around snakes? Yeah, they love them. They love them? Yeah. They're always pestering me to get them out, but most of my snakes are venomous, so... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah that's... But they're intrigued, you know, mm -hmm. and... Um, I've caught them on the occasion when we go camping. Mm -hmm. They go flipping rocks and logs up looking for snakes. Have to remind them that, you know, we're miles away from a hospital and they can't be doing that without me there. But, you know, kids will be kids. Mm. They still do that stuff. But, you know, it's like everything. You just need to educate. Mm. Education is the key. Mm. Yeah, especially with kids. Kids and dogs are way too intrigued with everything they Absolutely. see. Now, there is... Um, there is snake avoidance training that you can do for dogs. I don't do it personally, but I have got a couple of contacts that do do it. 
Um, so if any of your listeners are interested, they can get in contact with me and I can pass on details. That's weird, dog. Uh, snake avoidance training. That's I doubt that goes into a regular puppy school training. <laughs> no, no, it's a it's a different um, different training. It is vet approved and it is with a shock collar. Um, I know a lot of people don't like shock collars. It is only I think it's two one hour lessons, mm-hmm. so the dogs aren't like abused and that. But at the end of the day, it does work, mm. and it. Um, yeah, it does work, and it is probably worth getting it done if you uh, if you really do love your dog. So, if a dog is trained to avoid snakes, snakes just look like a rope to them, most likely. So yeah, it's just a chew toy, really. Mm. Staffies are the worst for it. Yeah, I've got a blue English, but I I hope he doesn't go near a snake. Um, he will yeah. if it's there. He will guaranteed hundred percent. Um, so if a snake just looks like a rope to them, okay. If I was to buy a tug-of-war toy for him that is also a rope, would he then not go near it? No. No, it goes by the smell. Oh, okay. Right. So, yeah, they, yep. most dogs get bitten, okay, because they see this snake and they smell this snake and they go, oh, what's that? So they go up to investigate. Now, the snake doesn't know that the dog, what the dog's intentions are, but the second you get too close, bang, the snake's going to bite the dog now the dog won't know what the hell's going on you know a lot of the time bites are painless okay so that's when repeat bites can occur because the dog grabs the snake shakes it around in its head the fear the snake's fearing for its life it's biting 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 a lot of the bites you can't see because their fangs are so small so this is why we tell people if you suspect that your dog has been bitten straight to the vet um, a lot of the time people people sort of wait now dogs will show some symptoms and then they can sort of come good and it's like the calm before the storm they sort of come good and people go oh no he's alright no problems dog's fine and then within 20 minutes the dog's dead on the ground because you know the venom's taken hold adrenaline kicks in and that sort of keeps him going um so yeah we just tell people mate if you suspect your dog's been bitten by a snake take it to the vet they'll do a blood test the earlier they can get to it the uh the cheaper it is for starters and the more likely that the dog will survive so that snake catcher that took you out on your first sort of rodeo i'll call it yep did you have uh, a fear of snakes at that time no oh you didn't no so you never had a fear of snakes no i was always intrigued by them well, respected them yeah I hate spiders <laughs> I have a fear of spiders believe it or not but uh, yeah no snakes no problem I'd rather tango with a six foot brown than a little bloody white tail spider oh no no I, I, I'm very opposite there yeah. I don't I don't <laughs> I don't necessarily mind spiders um, if I have to get them at the house I can if I have to kill them I can if it comes to a snake I'll turn into a ballerina you'll see me just twirling out the door yep um <laughs> My missus is the very opposite. She she wants me to hold a snake because yeah. she wants me to... She thinks, just get over it. It's just a snake. It, I... Oh, look, once you once you hold a snake and you actually realise... We, we, um, when I had a lot of reptiles, I had a, I had a lot of reptiles. Before COVID hit, we used to do um, birthday parties and snake events and all that. We used to take out a shitload of snakes 
and people could hold them, play with them, you know, learn about them. Then COVID hit and, you know, snakes aren't the cheapest to keep. You've got to keep them heated in enclosures. You know, when I when you've got over 100 snakes, over 100 enclosures, the bills start piling up. So when COVID hit, we had to get rid of a lot of our animals. Um, and I pretty much kept only the venomous stuff because I could move it and, you know, breed them. And I love breeding them. Um, and there's a bit of a demand for them, you know, so... I could sell them and move them on easily. Um, so I kept that because they were my real passion. And we stopped doing the birthday parties because we just couldn't afford it. It just wasn't able to continue. What goes into breeding a snake? Not a lot, to be honest. Just keeping the snakes together, Is... adding them together at the right time of year, taking them out, keeping the temperatures perfect. What's the season for snake breeding? So start of spring. So usually end of August, start of September, the snakes will start to breed um, and usually babies will be just after Christmas. Sort of Australia Day weekend, we'll start seeing babies. Is there a emotionality difference to a snake that's in non-breeding season to breeding season? Obviously, Not really. a lot of animals have that. If they're in breeding season, they're Not really. more snakes are Snakes have no maternal instinct whatsoever. Wow. So... I mean, a python will sit on her eggs till they hatch, and then when they hatch, they're on their own. Um, brown snakes here in Victoria, they lay eggs. Tiger snakes, red bellies, um, copperheads, they all have they all bear live young. Mm. Um, so the female will be gravid, and then the brown snake will lay her eggs and leave the eggs. They'll hatch. Once those babies hatch and emerge from the uh, from wherever their mothers laid them, they're independent and on their own from there. And tiger snakes, red bellies and copperheads and all those live bearing snakes, they'll literally pop them out and continue moving as they're popping them out. And the snakes are independent from birth. Pythons are the biggest snakes we have here, right? Uh, not necessarily. No, oh, look, I mean, so uh, the scrub python, I think is the biggest snake, the biggest python in Australia. Um, they can exceed five meters long. Jeez. Um, they're not obviously found in Victoria. We don't get many many pythons in Victoria, naturally. Um, you know your coastal carpet pythons. There's a lot of different types. Your diamond pythons, they can all exceed three meters in length. Hmm. Um, your mulga snake, which is your king brown, um, that's the largest venomous snake we have in Australia, and they can exceed four meters in length. Pythons are non-venomous though, aren't they? Yes. Yeah, yeah. But they can still bite. They have oh, very, yeah. very sharp teeth. They can still bite. I can guarantee it will still hurt. Um, but you wouldn't necessarily... So if they're non-venomous, could you still have an allergic reaction to the bite anyway? Absolutely. So they... Obviously, they can carry bacteria. Mm. Um, now, with the bacteria... Um, you know, if that's not treated, you can get an infection. Absolutely, you can have an allergic reaction to to whatever bacteria it is. Because mm. I think a lot of people, if they get bitten by a non-venomous snake, they might shrug it off too quickly, and they might say, oh, I, "I don't really need treatment; it's non-venomous." But then they might go into anaphylactic shock because they might have some sort of um, underlying uh, reaction that they wouldn't know that they've had because they've never been bitten by a snake. Yeah, before. no, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Look, um, I'll just tell you another story. So 
in 20, 2018 or 2019, I can't remember now the exact date. Tell me all the stories you want. Um, I was out on a job looking for a suspected snake. Mm-hmm. There was a pile of rubbish in between two garages, some you know cardboard boxes and some timber and that. As I was moving some stuff out to clear it out so I could have a look underneath, I disrupted a feral cat um, who had kittens. Mm-hmm. She attacked me. Um, jumped up I put my hand up in front of my face because she aimed for my face I was severely cut and bitten a lot of pain worst pain I've ever felt in my life ended up catching the cat put her in a box the kittens were taken to the vet the mother was taken to the vet the mother was euthanized she was beyond repair um, or beyond you know she couldn't be tamed down the kittens were adopted out so they were saved um I went to the doctors to get my cuts all treated and cleaned up. I was given a needle, an injection, tetanus shot, an antibiotic injection, and I was sent home with antibiotics. That night, I couldn't sleep. I took a strong painkiller to try and get some sleep. I woke up the next morning, looked like I was in a swimming pool, just sweating profusely. My two hands were the size of a Sharon football, swollen and throbbing. I hopped in the shower, put my hands under running water, and blood and pus was just oozing out of all the all the holes. Oh. Uh, so I went back to the doctors. They called an ambulance, took me to hospital, um, took me to Werribee Hospital. I sat in Werribee Hospital for about eight hours, needed surgery. I got shipped then by ambulance from Werribee to Dandenong Hospital because that's the only place where they had room for me. Um, I went in for plastic surgery, clean up the infection. Um, four hours later, I woke, I woke up to the doctor telling me how lucky I was. I was about four hours from losing my arm. The infection was that bad. Um, and probably 12 hours from losing my life. Whoa. From a cat bite. From a cat. And now this is coming from someone who's been bitten by a snake. Yeah. Who's dealt with snake bites. Yep. And the worst pain I've ever felt in my life. So the cat had bacteria in its teeth, mm. the bite, the scratch on its, you know, obviously I got scratched as well. The infection that um, created from that, I ended up with cellulitis and septicema, which is like a blood infection. Mm. And yeah, that nearly... Yeah, sepsis. You yeah. don't want to do with sepsis. Sepsis nope. is, um, well, a lot of cases of sepsis, it's usually like 24 hours and you're dead. Yeah. So that's that's where I was at. Um so I was bitten about three o'clock in the afternoon and I was operated on at 10.30 the next morning. Jesus. And oh. I was probably four hours from losing my arm um, and probably, you know, 10 to 12 hours from losing my life. I um, I haven't got anything against cats. I just, I don't like them because every, every cat that I've dealt with, I've gone to a friend's house or a family member's house and they own a cat. Every time it, it scratches me. Yep. Um, every dog that I've had or every dog that I've dealt with has never done that but I I just don't I don't like them because I feel like they just want to attack me and cats are natural predators yeah we get a lot of lot of cat or cats being bitten as well not just dogs mm-hmm. um, and a lot of the time snakes end up inside people's houses because the cats actually bring them in jeez you know I've I think I over the last Oh, over the last week or two, I think I've had about fifteen to twenty occasions where cats have 
you know, brought snakes home. You know, Indeed. you know when you know when you have a um, when you have a cat that brings a mouse home and plays with it on the doorstep, or brings it inside and plays with it, throws it up in the air. You know, cats, try doing that with snakes. <laughs> cats are—I don't care what anyone says—they're they, very um, vicious. They may look cuddly in that, but if you see it, uh, well, I think cats are. Um, so that list, just going off memory, I'm pretty sure it was horses, cows. Dogs, third. Cats were number four. Bees were number five. Um, kangaroos were number six. Snakes were number seven. Crocodiles were number eight. Emus were number nine. I think um, people don't realise what a cat actually is sometimes. I mean, they're just a very small version of what that thing is in the wild. Mm-hmm. Um, now, a, a lion's different a lion will just grab something by the neck and kill it but cats are basically descendants from i think it's tigers and you, you watch them they just play with things yeah like they will grab it throw it around hit it with its with its uh what do you call it paws and cats are just a smaller version of that you watch Absolutely. It, you watch it with a mice you start to feel sorry for the mice yeah because it, it it'll not only bite it but it'll just play with its dead body yeah. Oh, not even dead body. Sometimes I keep them alive for hours. Yeah. You know, and that's that's the thing. Like a few weeks ago, I got a call being a 24-7 service. You know, we get calls all hours of the day and night. I got a call at 2 o'clock in the morning by a resident who was hysterical. She had a snake in her lounge room. So I said, all right, no worries. Out we go. Off we went. So got out there. Got to the house, knocked on the door, nobody was home. So I rang her. She said, I'm two minutes away. I've taken my cat to the vet and dropped it off at the 24-hour vet. Came back. Anyway, searched her lounge room from top to bottom. Found the snake. It was a tiger snake. She said the cat had brought it in. And you could see the the tooth marks on the back of the snake. So the snake survived, um, but the cat was bitten obviously and this comes down to the snake protecting itself you could see where the cat had actually grabbed the snake about four inches behind the head so you know cats are predatory animals and they you know they kill more wildlife in australia than just about any other animal i'd say Mm. i think there was a story i'm not sure if this is a true story um Someone, it wasn't here, it was pretty sure it was in the United States or maybe some European country. I heard this story a really long time ago. Basically, someone had passed away and they owned a cat. Okay, now cats need to be fed like any other animal. Yeah. Um, some days went by, cat got hungry. Ate so, the ate, body. Ate the body. It yeah. started eating the person. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard stories like that. Dogs do it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's just a shame, you know. It's I think it's we, sad that people live on their own, and you know, yeah. neighbours don't check up on people. No. I check in on my neighbours regularly mm. at home. You know, my mm. one of my neighbours is um, you know quite ill, mm. and I cut his lawn mm-hmm. every week. When I cut mine, I cut his lawn, and you know, just check in regularly. I think it's just we sometimes forget what these domesticated animals actually came from. Whether, Absolutely. whether we like it or not, they came from a predator. Um, 
So even dogs, they're... Uh, Every animal is wild at one point or another. Yeah. I mean, so I could take my dog, for example. He comes to my house. He is the most friendliest dog you'll ever meet. He's very playful. He just wants you to pet him. He wants to lick you. Um, there's a dog park near my house. Um, he's not an aggressive dog towards other dogs, but his demeanor does change. Like, he'll play with dogs. Yeah, but... I'd, that's it, one thing I'd never do. I'd never take my dogs to a dog park. Oh, really? Yep. Do they have some sort of, like, social problem or is... No, no, just um, every time, like, we have taken them in the past, every time they just end up fighting with other dogs, mm-hmm. you know. Other dogs come up and fight with their dogs. So I just don't find it as a very safe environment. Okay. Mm. I, um, my I dog, think... my dogs are very friendly. They mm. lick you to death, mm. yeah. and they don't fight with other dogs. But they, I, I do find when I take them to dog parks, people can't control their dogs properly. So I just take them out of that situation. Well, the new thought process is this. I, I, I'm not a fan of it really, but you know, don't train your dog as this pack mentality kind of deal. But at the end of the day, they are pack animals. Yeah. I mean, if you let them walk all over you, they are going to think they are the leader of this pack. Even if they start out as a puppy, they will eventually learn to rule over you. you got to... Look, training it to understand that you are the pack animal doesn't mean you need to be this overly dominant figure. It, you just need to train it properly. Correct. I mean, like, look, I don't even let my dog sleep on my bed because to me, that's a boundary of, look, this is my bed, Okay. This is, and that's your bed. Yep. Um, even on the couch, I sit up here. You sit down there on your bed. It's, yep. it's, I try and create that um, mentality for him of, I'm up here. You're the alpha. Yeah. 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 Um, and now a lot of people say, well, you, you shouldn't really do that. They're a part of your family. Yeah, of course. He is a family member. I love him to death. I, I, I do. Absolutely. I'll do anything for him. But it doesn't mean I'm going to let him walk all over me either. Absolutely. There needs to be boundaries. Yes. But this new generation of, of oh, yeah, you know, just let the dog be on the couch and let him, you know, sleep all over you and be everywhere. And I'm not, look, each to their own, but that's not for me. And yep. I think you need to do, set, every animal, you need to set boundaries. Mm. Yep. Um, is that the same with snakes? As in, so if you're domesticating a snake, what's the protocol there? Uh, handling, constant handling. So I've got a tiger snake that I can actually hold free handle, no problems. He's pretty cool, pretty chill. There's still obviously always a risk, but he's pretty chill. And I've got other tiger snakes that you walk past their enclosure and you hear smack, you know, they hit the glass and. They don't like being very, very close <laughs> to people and they don't like being handled. So yeah. it's just each animal to their own. Yeah. You know, I've got friends who have got pities and they're the friendliest dogs and I've got other friends that have got pities and I won't walk into their house unless their dog's tied up and behind a chain fence. Yeah, that comes down to obviously the way they're brought up too. Absolutely. 100%. I, um, I've seen, you know, a lot of people think golden retrievers and Labradors are the friendliest dogs around. I've seen them. I've seen them turn, but I don't blame the dog. I, no, I, I always it's, look all about, it's all about how they're brought up. Mm. Yeah, 100%. And as you were saying, with snakes, I guess the more you handle them, they get used to it. 
and then it becomes like just habitual for him. Absolutely. But then are there snakes that just won't get used to that no matter how many times you handle them? They just don't want to be? Probably, yeah. Mm. Like I said, I've got snakes that I've handled from babies and they still want to kill me every time they see me. They still (laughs) want to... They still want to chew on me every time they see me, you know? So, Yeah, you might want to start that anti-venom treatment. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just don't let them. I just, you know, I know the animals. Mm. And that's the difference as well. I know my animals. So at home, you know, I'm a lot safer at home. There's still that risk, but I'm a lot safer at home because I know my animals. I know what they're capable of. Mm-hmm. When you're out on a job in, you know, in somebody's backyard, those animals are fearing for their lives, so they're always scared. So you've got to treat them with respect mm. and be very, very careful, mindful of the animal. Yeah. Hey, look, Stewie, I do thank you for coming on the podcast today. Um, I know you're on the job right now as we speak. Yep. Luckily, we've picked a day where the phone hasn't rung or has rung once, but it's not a snake call. So Yeah, that's why I will cut it off here just so you can get back to your job. And I do thank you for uh, taking time out of your busy no schedule problems. to do so. Uh, did you want to plug your business in? Yeah, so you can find us on Facebook or Google, Stewie the Snake Catcher. Uh, we have a website, stewiethesnakecatcher.com.au and 1300reptile if you want to get in contact with us. Thank you, Stewie, and I do appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you.